You're listening to The Corbett Report. CorbettReport.com Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, one and all, to Corbett Report Radio here on the Republic Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. That's C-O-R-B-E-T-T Report.com. And I'm coming to you once again tonight, as every night, from my home base, home studios here in the sunny climes of Western Japan. So once again, however you're listening to my voice right now, wherever you are, whenever you are, thank you for tuning in for the broadcast. And I wish I could be the bearer of happy news and good tidings, but unfortunately, once again today, I have a very unfortunate task of informing you of the loss of another important voice in the alternative media. Although, thankfully, this time it is not due to death, as unfortunately took our good friend Bob Chapman earlier this year. This time we have one of the most important voices in the alternative media uh, speaking out against the transhumanist agenda and the merging of man and machine is moving on to different pursuits, so that website will no longer be available. Well, what website am I talking about? I am talking about WeThePeopleWillNotBeChipped.com which uh, long-time listeners of The Corporate Report will know because I used to have the, the founder and the uh, the person behind that website, Greg Nicoletos, on this broadcast quite often. We were uh, on a monthly basis for a while there. But unfortunately, as people know, he got caught up with uh, family life and he has moved on to other greener pastures, I, I hope, uh, at this point. And unfortunately, that means we the people will not be chip.com is no longer up and is no longer hosting any of the important uh, videos and articles that it used to host. So unfortunately, another voice in the alternative media silenced. And uh, just to flesh this out a little bit, let's read a little bit from the message that is now posted if you go to wethepeoplewillnotbechip.com as I write this, as I uh, come to you tonight. It says, quote, With careful consideration, I have decided to cease We the People Will Not Be Chipped, a movement I started 11 years ago. Initially, it was a vehicle to educate the masses about an agenda that most people considered fringe and lunatic. Call it naive, I didn't realize the monster I would create, and after years of film releases, our movement gained the credibility it deserved. I was soon called the microchip expert and fielded interviews from around the world on all major alternative news sites and even hitting mainstream TV and print media. This past year has read like a science fiction novel for me, and I basically fear for my safety after being under intense pressure from the adversary. I've come to realize this is not my war, it is God's. I was merely a messenger, and the season to end the movement has come. For those of you who know me, this is not a decision I have made lightly. I have poured my heart and soul into this project for no other reason than to educate the masses about an agenda that will be implemented but still needs to be resisted. I have always kept my personal belief system quiet to attract a wider audience focusing on patents and hard evidence, but the time has come to reveal this agenda has been prophesied in the Bible in Revelations. If someone wishes to continue the work, I warn you the territory is rough and will bring you to your knees. I have come to highly respect the agenda from the perspective that they want to implement it at all costs, and I was a thorn in the side. This thorn has folded the hand for myself and my family. I will be pursuing other ventures which will feed and clothe the poor in a world that is crumbling before our eyes. I thank you for following our work, and I ask for your prayers as I move to another stage of my life." And it's signed off in Jesus' name, the founder. 
And uh, once again, you can go read that for yourself, we the people will not be chip.com. Whatever one makes of uh, the religious uh, talk and whether or not one is a believer in the Bible or whether one thinks that uh, all life here is just random happenstance, I think it is nonetheless incumbent on all of us as free and autonomous individuals to stand up against this transhumanist agenda. And so my hat's off to Greg Nicoletto's for having been at the forefront of doing that for so very long with we the people will not be chip.com so in his honor and in the honor of the work that he's done over the years we're going to dip into the archives tonight for an interview i conducted back in march 2010 with greg nicoletos on the subject of mind reading technology a fascinating conversation as we always used to have so we'll be listening to that once again the show notes are at corbettreport.com slash radio and i'll be back at the end of tonight's broadcast to wrap things up Well, uh, let's let's dive right into this month's topic, and, and this month I wanted to talk specifically about the types of technology that's beginning to be unrolled right now, that, that's being touted as mind-reading machines that are going to be able to allegedly scan our brainwaves and our biometrics and whatever else that they can detect from afar that will show that uh, Mr. Nicoletos or Mr. Corbett are not actually regular, informed, concerned citizens who love their fellow human beings and want everyone to be free, autonomous individuals, but are in fact dastardly al-Qaeda operatives. So uh, <laughs> we, we've seen this meme popping up lately, and for instance, there's a video out there that's been making the rounds lately, but I, I think it's actually a few years old from Homeland Security about a new system called Malintent that's apparently going to be able mm. to use non-physically intrusive sensing technology to detect heart rates and other types of things to, to, f- to find if someone's being devious. But uh, this is, I think, just uh, just one example of, of a sort of broader category of technology that being yeah. brought up right now. So so what are we talking about in terms of this technology and, and what's the history of the idea of being able to read someone's mind electronically? Um, well, that really goes back to, you know, it's really about pre-crime and um, what pre-crime basically is, um, it was actually popularized, you know, by the minority report. So most people will go, you know, um, I viewed the actual movie and what the movie actually did, it gave a vehicle, like, you know, predictively programming the audience that when we actually see um, events now unfolding, you know, similar to what you're mentioning with the FAST program, which is the future attribute screening technology, um, how people basically um, okay that in their mind or, or, you know, state that, you know, that this is just technology moving forward you will quite often hear the person going, oh, yeah, that's from, you know, the minority report. So it, it just goes to show you how important the vehicle of um, Hollywood is for the unrolling agenda. So what pre-crime really is, it is a case of profiling an individual to determine the actual likelihood of the person actually committing a crime. So what we need to look at is... You know, is this a model that is actually being used currently? And there was an actual report just, um, I think it was about two weeks ago, where um, there was a, a gentleman called David Piles who was actually apprehended after he was, you know, sacked from his work. Um, they stated he was a disgruntled employee. Now, the gentleman went out and bought three guns, 
Now, now, you know, legally bought these three guns, but it turned out to be a massive police operation using over five police agencies. Um, I think you had, I think it was at least two SWAT teams. And what they basically did is based on, um, you know, somebody taking, at the end of the day, generalized distorted data, stating, you know, this guy's disgruntled. He has gone out and bought three guns, even though he's done it through legal means. Now we can just basically just continue this distorted view, um, and and let's just say that he's now going to be going out and killing people, um, you know, like the, the the people that work in in the postal office, as we've seen. Now, it, it was sort of a, a landmark case because they were actually given the authority to. Um, not arrest the guy, but to actually, you know, make David Poles enter a mental, mental evaluation facility um, for assessment. So what we need to look at is th- this is now starting to set precedent. So it, it's a case of, you know, I truly believe in, you know, the predictive programming model where they are setting the the the, the guiding stones, if you like, of, you know, what will happen and we th- this gentleman here he he didn't do anything wrong at the end of the day he was you know released from work he could have been disgruntled i mean you know currently where america is at with you know the financial crisis and the like um i'm sure you'd find a lot of disgruntled you know workers out there but to you know in the in the land of the free and the brave to actually go ahead and do that um, well, you know, that's that's a violation of human rights, basically. Um, and then to go back one stage, you, you've also got how it ties into, you know, George Orwell's thought crime. So um, the, the the question again, James, was um, I've just gone off, off, off track, I think, a bit. Well, I, I wanted to start getting into the, the history of this type of technology and where it's coming from. But you raise a, a very good point there when you're talking about us sort of being in the we're in a, a pattern where we're being programmed into accepting this type of, this idea, the general idea. And then I think we'll be seeing more and more of the technology roll out in the future. But, uh, but I'm thinking back to things like polygraph tests and things which have been largely discredited as just quackery, but have been accepted yeah. for so long as, as, you know, electronic devices for telling if, if somebody's telling the truth or things like that, which I think is, uh, in a large, to a large extent has helped to shape our perception that electronics can be used to, to, uh, read our minds in some key senses. And, and I think as we see, uh, the technology improving around us uh, in so many different ways, we're, we're going to be softened up and expecting that uh, technology will also be improving in this aspect, even though I don't think, I guess I'll just lay my cards on the table. I think it's all quackery, and I think they're just going to yeah. use a lot of uh, spinny uh, objects and flashy lights to convince us that some machine is doing something, and it's just going to pop out, oh, you, so-and-so is a terrorist, and he has terrorist intentions, and that's... You know, exactly. that'll be a court of law. Okay, let's use that as a reason and, to move And look, the, the point is what you bring up, you know, with, with the FARS program, which was, you know, the Department of Homeland Security. Now, initially when that program was released, um, it was released under the, the name of Project Hostile Intent. And uh, there was a bit of a backlash, obviously, by, you know, the general populace, you know, starting, you know, you know in, in America where you basically have freedom of speech and, um, freedom of movement under the Constitution, etc. 
So what did the Department of Homeland Security do? They, you know, um, let's tweak the words. So Project Hostile Intent then became the FAST program. FAST meaning we can obviously screen you extremely quickly and you can get to your baseball game on time, but you might have to walk through two to three checkpoints. Um, you might have to be interrogated by um, a neuro-linguistic programming you know, expert in the field who can obviously pace and lead you um, d- down the track to almost you know, where you can actually incriminate yourself. So the, the, the interrogators as well, that what we need to, to look at, the, the, the guys that end up working with the CIA, the FBI, they are master communicators. And, and quite often, um, the subject that is actually being interviewed can actually be paced and led by someone who totally understands the the the, the, the syntax, if you like, of, of language. Um, they, they truly understand sentence structuring, um, how to manipulate language, um, and how to end up in um, in a position that obviously benefits the, the 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 person interrogating rather than the actual possible. Um, and I use the word possible. Um, threat to the system. So, I mean, anyone can say at the end of the day, if one is going through, you know, a, a particular checkpoint and you get pulled over by a Department of Homeland Security, you, you will start sweating more. Um, you know, your, your your breathing will increase and become more rapid. And and I'm sure, you know, you will start thinking thoughts of, of, of malintent, as they say. The, the question, though, is... Um, what happens if, for myself, I'm walking through one of those particular checkpoints? I have, in history, looked at you know what government has done. Whether you look at government-sponsored terrorism, I have an opinion of 9/11, and um, and I don't have much regard, let's say, for for the the sentinels or the, or the protectors of of our liberty. Now, when I do, do I then go into those particular situations and go, okay, look. Um, People that have actually beaten lie detectors have been, you know, told to take. Um, I don't know. I think the dosage is 40 milligrams Indoril, which is, um, I think it's polypropanol, and um, and also Valium, and that has actually been proven to actually beat um, lie detector tests. So, I mean, can we then start saying, well, you know, um, you know, will the real terrorists then basically start being on a, on a drug cocktail, basically, to to you know to evade this? And the question is, the, the people that are passing through, um, how many people that are totally innocent, like you said, will actually be caught up um, in a web of, of, um, of, of total quackery? So when one goes back to it, the, the, the data that I basically managed to extract is when they actually, you know, the, they did the, the FAST program, which was the Hostile Intent program originally, um, the Department of Homeland Security, um, the, the gentleman's name was John Verico. He went on to say, "Look, we're, we're you know we're close to seventy-eight to eighty percent um, being correct." So th- they said, "You know th- that is a fantastic batting average. You know we're, we're getting eighty percent of people um, that are basically guilty." Now, th- these people that have actually been experimented on, if you like, have all been. Um, primed for the actual, you know, whether it's the position of being told that, you know, this is what you have to do. You have to try and move um, contraband, you know, from point A to point zero. They've been told they're carrying contraband. So all these all these um, examples have been under control conditions 
and have never really been tested in the real field. So, you know, if a real terrorist, for example, went through the actual system, there is no way to actually collate the data because it's just, it's it's a non-event. These things just realistically don't happen. But for me, you know, when the Department of Homeland Security, you know, John Verica goes on and states, you know, our batting average is 80%, I mean, what does that mean? We have a 20% failure rate. So for every 100 people, you, you would have 20 people that are basically accused of, of, a, of a pre-crime. Um, and the pre-crime itself is not a crime because it's based on theory um, and, and, and pure delusion that this person will go on and actually commit a crime. So, you know, like, like you said, this isn't only quackery. This is insanity. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it, it really comes down to how the game is actually played is it's really a biometric harvest. So the, the, the game itself is just a slippery slope. So um, currently now you, you have so many biometric markers, I mean, from face recognition to iris to retina to fingerprint, um, finger geometry, hand geometry, voice. I mean, you, you name it, it it's now also moving to... Um, to smell, to gait, to, you know, typing of how one actually types on a keyboard, like keyboard stroke um, uh, markers. Um, you have ear biometrics on how to actually identify, you know, the, the person of, of when one is speaking into a phone and the actual ear canal on how it actually, you know, transmits the, the sound frequency back. So um, it's a case of it's... It's all intertwined, James. That, that's the point. It's all, all the companies are, are, you know, it's like a push-pull system. There, there's certain things that um, are moving us into this particular system, um, and that would be, you know, through let's say America stating, look, we're moving towards a, um, a universal um, ID card, and part of that process will be they'll state to you, you know, the, you know, we need to keep the illegal immigrants out. And as a result, all Americans will be able to retain jobs in America. Um, but then you have the other line where, you, you know, the, the technology itself is actually coming down the line from um, neuromarketing. And where neuromarketing basically is, is a case of where, you know, it's basically brain scanning. So where companies are now moving to, it's getting to a point where they want to harvest um, and identify and know you as a person, not only from you know what they can harvest from Google or from your purchasing records in regards to credit cards, but what you actually think on the most intimate levels within your mind that go beyond the subconscious. So, um, what you will find is you know neuromarketing itself, which then obviously ties into you know the, the project hostile intent or fast program for from Department of Homeland Security, you, you have one one sector that is coming down the line that is using security, for example, as the um, as the driver to you know whether it's to map your brain or to map your physiological um, body to to you know to, to map your gait and to map all your other biometric markers. So they'll use safety 
and terrorism as one particular angle, but then you'll have the other angle, which is, you know, this is neuromarketing where we can basically bring a product to market for a lower cost, um, but at the same time, we might actually need to be covertly scanning and, um, and you know, I, I guess pushing beams of light that are projected onto your forehead um, so we can actually read your frontal corset or cortex, sorry. So, um, you know, it, it, it's a case of the same technology is being spun into various sectors, but the, the end goal is always the same. But you'll have, you know, the, the universities will use a different angle, the military companies will use a different angle, and then obviously the private corporations will use a different angle. But the end result is, um, you know, your brain and your body is basically being scanned, your, your biometric markers are being harvested, um, and on one hand, they're saying to you, look, this is for neuromarketing. We'll bring products to market for a cheaper cost for you. The other side, um, they're saying to you, look, we can prevent terrorists from actually boarding the flight. So you can obviously arrive on your flight safely and you can go on to have children and grandchildren. So it's just a, it's a very, very slick program. And, um, you know, what you, what the end user will see when they start actually researching it, um, Quite often, it is the same agenda. So you'll have, you know, the FBI basically coming out and saying, you know, we want the next generation, um, you know, biometric system out there, basically. So, you know, FBI is basically working on something that will include your, you know, your DNA records, your 3D um, facial imaging, um, palm prints and voice scans, I think, as well. And what that is actually called, that is called multimodal biometrics. Now, when you actually go back to the FAST program, which is the Future Attribute Screening Technology, they too are working on multimodal biometrics. So one has been worked on from the Department of Homeland Security, one is worked on by the FBI, one is worked um, from, from DARPA, um, and then one has been worked on from the private corporations like, you know, um, Hewlett Packard or IBM. So it... I just find it comical that you have all these separate, um, whether you call it companies or government agencies or corporations, and they all seem to be very fixated on the same goal. And the same goal is to extract as much of the person as possible um, to basically bring, you know, I guess bring them down to a binary one and zero where they can go, you know, this is who you are. This is your, your thoughts have basically been um, broken down in, in a mathematical algorithm, and you, sir, are one zero one zero one zero one 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 zero zero one. So, um, and and, lo and like you said, that this is all based on on people that are actually coding the system. I mean, it is all quackery. the The problem where this all leads to, though, is how does you know a, 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 let's say you know let's use a generic person a uh, 60 year old grandmother who's basically flying from i don't know texas to california and all of a sudden she gets pulled into this um you know rapid checkpoint screening program from darpa and um and they basically say look you're an actual um threat to the system our um our system has determined that um you basically have malintent and um that you have an intent to commit a crime. How does that person defend himself, James?
No matter how hard you try, you can't stop. And, I, I mean, what, what you brought up in regards to, you know, this being a global agenda, um, it, it is. It, it is really a case of taking man, if you like, with, with all the possibilities we have and, um, you know, in the name of protecting, you know, I mean, not privacy, but freedom, you know, they, 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 they go on to say that, you know, the, the FAST program, for example, um, they, they said, what is the actual benefit behind this? And the, the, the guy behind it said was, you know, to restore a sense of freedom. And for me, um, going through two checkpoints and having to answer to some goon um, who, who is basically there to, to you know, and, and it would be a numbers game, you know, how many people can we actually prove a terrorist, even though they might not be, um, it is a numbers game because um, funding will continue to flow as long as you can actually prove that the system that you have set up and, you know, the critical measurements that, that you know, that are working in real time are actually flagging terrorists, if you like, even though we might have a 20% failure rate and we're locking up 20 people out of 100 that are totally innocent. The, the point is the, the grants um, will keep flowing as long as we can obviously say, look, um, you know, th this data is peer-reviewed, it's, it's bulletproof, and, you know, the, the work that you've done with ClimateGate, um, if, it's, if it's one community I simply do not trust anymore, it, it is the science community because they are really very much dependent on grants and we all know, you know, where the grants come from. But uh, unless one ends up being at a point where the, the grant that has been issued to achieve a specific goal if that specific goal isn't met, does that mean funding is obviously um, cut next time? And, and the answer is absolutely yes. So, the, the you know the, the people within universities quite often do, do do not want to go out and step into the real world. They're quite happy working where they are, um, and they also know on what side their their butter is um, or their their bread is buttered. So, um, it, it's quackery from the very beginning, simply because it's it's just tied into a monetary system. And it's quackery when you look at the military-industrial complex who have, you know, other agendas to, to drive home. I mean, you know, look at the war in Iraq. I mean, you know, people go on about it all the time, but America's not leaving. I mean, the, the, the timeline keeps shifting, so... But it's you know, changed, Greg. <laughs> it is, you know. It's, um, you know, they're, they're happy there. We've had reduced, um, you know, c civilian casualties, the, the Reaper and... What's the other drone called? The Reaper and the... Um, I can't remember. I, I want to say Raptor, but I know that's wrong. Oh, it's it's along those lines. It's it's never good. It's like right. a, the, the one's the Reaper and the other one's the... Um, I can't remember. Yeah. Just just pick a bad name. That's, yeah. that's what they are. And, and, and that's where it's moving. We're moving into a world where, um, you know, the, the human has actually been reduced, like you said, to a binary one and zero... And then ultimately the goal is to, to have, you know, artificial intelligence or the machine and the program basically making decisions, um, you know, for these organizations. The, the, the question, though, that I have is I just simply can't understand what the, the driving agenda is, why there is this lust um, and, you know, why is DARPA pushing for, you know, automated drones, why they're pushing for, you know, DARPA to basically have, um, 
you know, the, the, the process of collating data in real time, but more than that, executing decisions not based on actual humans, actually based on, on algorithms. And, you know, just because something has been coded and is an algorithm, it, it doesn't mean the, the, the um, solution it spits out is correct. Um, but I also view that as being, you know, the, the glorification and the, and the worship of, um, of the machine age. I mean, it's, it's just everywhere around us. It's, it's really the, the humanization of robots um, and, and robots obviously becoming human. Right. Well, I think for the, for the lower levels, I think it's promoted in that, in that form. But I, I suspect that the uh, parasite psychopaths at the top of the pyramid have been sold on an idea that, uh, they're going to be uploaded into the, into the mainframes and they're going to be able to live forever through this technology where the average plebe, of course, will die off when they're, you know, eradicated with the rest of the organic life. But, uh, one, one, I, one mouse click away from the trash can, as they say. They, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> That's a, a horrible thought, but there you go. It, uh, it's maybe not so far in the morning. future. I mean, if one is, is uploaded into a mainframe, like realistically, m- most people can't even meet the budget these days. You know, people are having um, home foreclosures. Um, how, how will it work? You know, I mean, people upload themselves into this mainframe. Who will actually police the mainframe? Who will look after the data packs? Who who will underwrite the actual the you know the, the whole system? Um, it, it's just all it's all just ridiculous. It's just all plainly ridiculous. But um, it, it, the, the the movement itself, you know, the human plus transhumanist movement has got has got massive traction that we're seeing. Um, and, and it's look, it's quite often with people that I went to, you know, university with, you know, within IT, and um, and those people are different. They um, they they truly, oh, whether you want to say the word worship, but they, they are truly into, you know, hardware, software, and and the the progression of man by utilizing technology. So, um, you know, you, you have many areas that you know how this agenda is obviously being promoted, and then obviously. Um, you know the, the promotion of you know we can help the, the 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 people that can't walk, the people that can't see. We can help the you know the, the lame, the blind, the sick. We can cure world poverty. You know, so um, it's it's very hard. You know, when 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 they release um, products like you know the bionic eye, and you, you have a, a guy who can actually now see through the sensors on his actual tongue. So the the technology is. is is just simply mind-boggling. But from our perspective, it's very hard to go and argue with 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 technology that is actually helping some people. But ultimately, it, it is a double-edged sword. It it is a double-edged sword, and um and, and that's what makes this this whole chess game um more than interesting, you know. Yeah, well, it's certainly interesting, and uh, it's interesting to watch the pieces move around on the board, but we always have to keep in, in mind what the overall strategy is and, and where things are headed so we can hopefully uh, checkmate the other side before they get there. But uh, I, I guess, uh, so, well, going back to sort of the, the basis for our conversation, which is the idea of this mind-reading mind machines, certainly we've seen a, a breakdown in, in mind-machine barriers in, in a number of ways recently, and uh I was just noticing up on we the people will not be chip.com in the news section uh 
typing with word typing words with your brain portable easy to wear mind yeah. speller we see th- stories like this coming out on pretty much a daily basis now so so talk about some of the the technologies that are coming out in this vein um absolutely i mean look pick any body part from you know the, the six he was the six million dollar man back then but um you know steve austin is just around the corner basically so We'll be seeing bionic eyes. We'll be seeing bionic legs. We'll be seeing, um, you know, new heart valves, um, uh, blood cells. You know, as we move to nanotech. So, the, the 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 point behind this is, it's a case of realistically, the average person just being familiar with what is actually happening up um, in, in regards to the actual human plus transhumanist movement, and once that actually occurs, you will then find the the uptake will actually be quite high, and then there will be a, a you know whether you want to call it a magic bullet or or th- there will be some invention that will just pop out out of nowhere. Where hypothetically, let, let's say you could actually upload um, a particular part into your mind that you know was just a mathematical calculator. Now, you know the the average person out there has been conditioned to see. You know, Neo within the Matrix, um, even though he, you know, defeated the Matrix in the end, he, he was, you know, still taking brain uploads. So even though, you know, the, the Matrix was uh, had a very good storyline to it, there was still some very good predictive programming um, concepts in there that, that did permeate through. Um, to make brain uploads seem, you know, something that the average person should adopt could adopt, but more than that, you could adopt it and then actually go beat the, the dark side, if you like. So what we are predicting is that there will be some invention, you know, just around the corner. And like you said, James, there is new, you know, new technology coming out almost on a daily basis. It, it's not something that um, is, you know, it's not something that you have to wait for for months. I mean, it's just a case of just waiting on a daily basis and, and, and something will, you'll just go, wow, I mean, who would have thought? So, yeah, to, to go back to um, to answer your question, it, it's really a case of every part of the human body um, is realistically being worked on and, um, and the, the point behind it is to integrate the man into the machine. And, um, and then once we get to that point, um, you know, what is a microchip? It, it is, you know, it's just basically like a mosquito bite. It's, it's, it's no big deal. Um, and, you know, th- th- this is the slippery slope we're on. That that's right, and I, you, the brain chip is undoubtedly coming coming down the line, and, and they're they're prepping us for it in a number of ways. But I I would venture to say that we already have, to a certain extent, a type of brain chip. It's just outside of our heads at the moment, but it just has to be implanted. And I, I say that because I I think about uh, the how the internet and various technologies, uh, MP3 players and things have have really in significant ways changed changed the way I live my life and changed the way. The the, the types of information I have access to on a daily basis and, and things that would have been unthinkable 10 years ago are now just part of my daily reality. And because of that, I do have a, a hundred or a thousandfold greater knowledge of the world and, and understanding about what's happening in the world than I ever could have without all of this technology. Yeah. But in another way, it, it's really prepping me to, to 
keep going along that next step and that next step to keep getting more and more information. And, and the way they lure you in is with these new technologies. And as you've said before, you know, companies like Apple know how to make this all look so, so sexy and so wonderful and the yeah. must have items. So, so I think we are already being led along that, that path. And the next, the next step is really just to condition us that the, the, uh, you know, the physical invasion of this technology into our bodies is the next barrier that we have to cross. Yeah, and and look, uh, what you brought up with Apple is um, is is very important because the the technology itself. I mean, you know, you, you have some of the greatest marketing companies in the world. Um, you know, with Apple being, I guess, the company who not only understands user interface. I mean, y- you can give the iPhone to a child, and he can basically, you know, quite quickly figure out how the actual operating system works. Um, you know, it's it's eluded Microsoft, but that's not the point. The the point is what we'll be seeing this year from from Apple, and obviously the wording can change. You'll have um, a product which is called iKey, um, and what iKey will will do, it'll allow you to actually enter your home without actually utilising the key. So radio frequency ID tied in. Um, you'll obviously have an you know whether it's an app or just built in, um, and you know your phone can then obviously become your your keys, and then you will have, um, you know, iWallet, which will obviously, you know, bring in um, the contactless pay system. So once you then go to 4G um, and you actually start seeing the adoption of mobile phones where, you know, we were at 3.9 billion um, in 2008 and um, they're predicting 5.9 billion people will actually have a mobile phone by 2012. The, the, the goal to get everyone online, it's nearly there. It's, it's a case of nearly everyone in the world um, will actually be online. And, and that has been a, a massive agenda um, from you know, the, 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 the elite because if you can obviously move everything online... Um, you, you are real, realistically digitizing humanity. I mean, we're, we're getting to a point where um, people spend so much time on, you know, social networking. Um, you know, people receive a message on their phone. They have to answer it immediately. People are sending SMSs while they're driving. You know, technology is is really now part of our lives. And, you know, if, if I said to you, you know, 20 years ago before the internet was even around, um, that you know, people would actually be doing transactions online. You could have contactless pay transactions. Um, you know, products that are totally, um, you know, beer bottles and cereal boxes will actually have RFID that will have their own web pages, and will actually you'll be able to um, actually query. You know, where has this beer bottle actually been purchased from? Where is it at? Who is it being contact with? And did it actually make it to the to the tip? Um, I mean, you know, where it's going is just absolutely staggering. But it's not that. It's it's the pace that everything is currently moving at now where, um, you know, as mentioned before, we can do up to 20 to 30 news articles a day and we just stop at that because um, th- th- that's already too much data for us. I mean, you know, any more, I'll have a meltdown. Yeah, well, a- a- that's exactly right. In fact, I-, I would really, really, once again, suggest people go to wethepeoplewillnotbechipped.com and take a look at the front page and just look at the number of articles that have been c- gone up in the last two or three days, and they're all 
they're all uh, horrifying in their own unique way, aren't they? <laughs> <sighs> we, we actually now have wakeup.tv, so people don't have to type out wethepeoplenotbechip.com. So it's just www.wakeup.tv. So you know, it sounds like a, a simple thing, but it, that will, in fact, get you uh, a lot more traffic, won't it? I know. <laughs> like we said, people are lazy. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've yeah, had people email us just true. going, "How am I going to type the sound?" It's just, oh, look, just go. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, actually, on that note, uh, while we're talking about this, I've had a question for a while now, and if I have it, I'm sure some of my listeners must have it. Uh, do you have any RSS feed? I'd love to subscribe to an RSS because I use that in my uh, toolbar, but I don't that's seem. To. Actually, we will have that soon. So yeah, that's been something that we'll, we'll get around to. All right. Um, what what we are noticing though is th- there's a lot more community that is actually now um, on Facebook. So. We, we are actually getting some very good traction on that and, and people are actually starting to, um, you know, have open discussions where, you know, what do we do? Where do we go beyond legislation? Um, people can see that this is an agenda, you know, with the microchipping, the biometrics. Um, it's not that hard to piece it all together. I mean, realistically, if you just the average person, even if they were half asleep, if they spent the time, there is no denying that there is a web um, and an agenda that is closing down on mankind. And, and it's not to protect you or to, you know, ensure your safety. Um, it's really we're moving down to the point where I, I just call it, you know, the, the branding of the human species. It's it's a case of um, that there, there really is a push and a move for the, whether you want to call it the master or the perceived master, to um, to move to a point like we've seen in history where it is to to, to brand the livestock if you like you know so um, I'm certainly not going to be part of that program and um, and I hope as many people join us as possible. All right, friends, welcome back to Corbett Report Radio. I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and you have been listening to excerpts from an interview that I conducted with Greg Nicoletos, the founder of WeThePeopleWillNotBeChipped.com, back in March of 2010. And as I said at the top of tonight's broadcast, we used to talk to him on a regular monthly basis, and unfortunately... We the people will not be chipped.com is no more and Greg has moved on to other ventures. So unfortunately we will have to carry on without his voice, an important voice in the alternative media movement. But uh, certainly, once again, I'm not here to cast judgment on people's personal reasons for for continuing or not continuing with their their websites or what have you. All I am is grateful that people come along from time to time and help to spread this information and to make it more uh, more well known and to to give it the credibility that it deserves. And Greg did all of that with aplomb. So my hats off to him for having been in that fight and. Once again, I would like to use this as a, a teachable moment so that we can have a reminder that the internet as we know it today is always in flux and you never know what sites are going to be there today or tomorrow or the day after that. And unfortunately, even uh, great resources like We the People Will Not Be Chipped can disappear pretty much overnight. And it reminds me of a few years ago, there was another excellent website called Knowledge Driven Revolution, which suddenly disappeared as the founder of that website decided to uh, to pack it in. And all of those incredible articles were lost to the ether 
thankfully someone had an archive of those articles and it's now available up on scribd.com so that you can still find a lot of the articles. But it is another reminder that we can never take for granted the information that's up there on the internet right now. And uh, even the Corbett Report, I mean, I have absolutely no plan of packing this in anytime soon. I'm going to continue doing this as long as I possibly can. But one never knows what's going to happen tomorrow or if I get hit by a bus or whatever, heaven forfend, um, one never knows what will happen to a website like the Corbett Report. And that would be a shame if it suddenly disappeared with its thousands of hours of free media. And uh, I certainly hope that people out there are making their own archives of this material and downloading and, and saving those uh, those pieces of information they find particularly important. If there are reports of mine that I've done that you like, please save them locally and uh, to your hard drive and, and back them up so that uh, they won't go down should the Corbett Report disappear. And on that note, let me remind everyone out there that uh, the Corbett Report offers these DVDs, including the DVD uh, archives, which are the complete, uh, every single report that I've created for the Corbett Report are available for 2007-2008. That's what's on Volume 1 and on Volume 2, 2009. Volume 3 with 2010, every single video, every article, every uh, podcast episode, and every interview will be coming out later this year. So once again, I hope you are taking advantage of that by helping to support the work that I'm doing and making sure that the Corbett Report keeps going by purchasing the DVD. But also you get all of this material on one DVD that you can keep and you can spread, you can make copies of it and pass them out to other people. I'm totally happy with that. I just want this information not to go away suddenly. So once again, uh, we the people not be chip.com is down, but the Greg Nicolotto's work will live on in places, for example, like the Corbett Report archives, where you can still go and download all of those interviews that he did with us over the years completely for free. So once again, if, you, if you're not familiar with Greg's work or if you haven't heard the interviews he did on the Corbett Report in the past, I highly recommend that you go and check that out. He has done some incredible work. We had some great conversations, and we really did start to plumb the depths of the transhumanist agenda. So some important work there, and uh, luckily, at the very least, those conversations have been archived for posterity. On that note, just uh, once again, take this as a reminder, nothing is forever, and uh, unless you are actively involved in helping to preserve this information, it could disappear at any time. Once again, I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and if you go there, please consider clicking on the support button so you can subscribe to my weekly newsletter and or purchase the DVDs, including the DVD data archives. On that note, I'm going to leave it there. It's been another excellent week here on the program. Lots of informative information. Looking forward to doing it again next week. So stay tuned and thank you.